Critic Carrie Nelson of Bitch Media says this film depicts queerness in the most sinister ways imaginable. The Philadelphia Inquirer's Carrie Rickey says, Call me a prude, but it's not sexy watching an erotic thriller in which every time a couple does it, one of them gets it with an ice pick. I don't care how many firmly toned tummies and tushies are bared. And the New Yorker's Terrence Rafferty calls it a vicious, grindingly manipulative urban mystery that uses a thick atmosphere of S&M kinkiness to distract the audience from the story's thickness and inanity. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Basic Instinct. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Okay, now is that your Michael Douglas? That was my sultry. Oh, okay. It was more my my Kathleen Turner. More, yeah, (laughs) definitely. uh, For going into romancing the stone territory. Welcome to Ruined Childhoods. I'm John. That's Dan. Correct. Yes, I (laughs) I confirm. I should hope that I would get that right. I've known you for just about thirty nine years. Yeah. So Uh, anyway, yeah, definitely. So it's the first episode of 2022. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year to everybody. Nope, wrong one. There no. we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. I, you know, and, you know, I was thinking, John, I, I, I was looking back over our episodes because, of course, this is the second year in a row that the first episode of January <laughs> brings you a, a Michael Douglas uh, mind twister. And it's... And uh, I was looking over the episodes that we did in 2021, and I kind of want to pat us on the back because, <laughs> god damn, we've got range. Like, uh, freaking, like, Fitzcarraldo. I know, I love it. It's been a day is. It's and, been a really and, funky year of uh, the variety of movies that we've that we've done, and uh, and that includes the last one that we did of 2021, which was um, oh. Married to the Mob. And I yep. have I have one more thing that I want to mention, and then we'll get right back to what you're saying. I uh, I was talking about comedic mafia movies, and just today, when we're recording this, I thought of uh, another one, and this one is maybe less comedy, more mafia. I mean, I think that it's more of like romantic comedy kind of thing. But Mickey mm-hmm. Blue Eyes from 1999 oh, didn't uh, yeah. forget about it. Uh, it did uh, Hugh Grant, Gene Triplehorn, Gene Triplehorn's in that. Oh my God, Gene Triplehorn of of Basic Instinct wow. fame. Look at so, that. Yeah, no, and but I, I, anyway, yeah, I just was like, oh, that's right, that's another uh, comedic mafia movie. Yeah, Mickey Blue Eyes and uh, James Caan. James Caan, that's right. James Caan is in it. And Forget about I, it. That's all I remember is I never actually saw the movie. I just saw the 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 trailer. Oh, that times. is that is a favorite of uh, my lovely wife Alicia's. Oh, really? And I I do have uh, we do have I believe we have the DVD of that. Or wait, no, we it's I think two weeks. No, two weeks notice. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, two okay, two gotcha. Well, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do some of those uh, you know, Hugh Grant movies uh, sometime. We I don't know if we've done any Hugh Grant movies. 
Have we not done a Hugh Grant? Have we not done a Hugh Grant movie? Oh boy, I just I almost did a Sally Field. There. You just did a Sally Field. Have so, we not done a Hugh Grant? Have, have we, we not, not done a Hugh Grant movie? So we were talking about the range of movies that we did during Sorry. 2021. That's okay. Don't apologize UHF. for fielding out U- on us. We did Cabin Boy. <laughs> yeah. And we had some great guests also. Like I just just to like run through John our our year yeah. of yeah, we had we had Gabris, we had Chris Nashawati, um right. uh C- Caesar Gracia, Eric Goslin yeah. uh joined us for Tango and Cash. And it was yeah, no, we had heard some great stories. Uh, you know, Gabris coming of age uh <laughs> with double impact. Oh my god, and Eric Goslin coming of age. Uh, with- <laughs> yes, that's right. It was like two episodes in, yeah. in a row. Oh man, that was so weird. So uh yeah, sexual awakenings oh, is uh and and uh also to is my go remake back of to- awakenings. Go oh, on. Oh boy, yes. <laughs> Basic instinct three awakenings. <laughs> uh all I have to say is Penelope Ann Miller, I mean uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, she was a formative character. Although I am gonna get into a uh a childhood celebrity crush of mine later on in Wait, this episode. Where did, Pian- where did Penelope Ann Miller just She's come in Awakening? What did I miss? Is she? Yeah. She's uh um Robert De Niro's like uh in romantic interest. She, uh her father is a patient there. You gotta trust wow, me. I know my I, Penelope Ann Miller. No, I I trust you. I just I guess I, it's been such a long time since I've seen Awakenings. And oh she she's a love yeah, yeah, okay. Uh and she's a lo- <laughs> that's interesting because you know what three years later she's playing opposite Al Pacino. So you that's know, right. there's that. It's interesting. And uh a lot of heat there. Oh, yes. I and couldn't help it. Right. And uh, you know, in a movie that you mentioned on the last episode that she's also in Big Top Pee-wee. Just mentioning Absolutely. Penelope Ann Miller movies. Penelope. Oh, yeah, no, she's wonderful. Um, oh, I did want to say, uh, no, we did not get an email, but I did hear from um, another one of our, our guests from 2021, Ray Dijon. Oh. And, uh, right, you know, for our Back to the Beach episode. Yeah, yeah. Because we and, did that. He we did back to the beach, yeah, and so uh, and just wanted to kind of you know voice uh, you know raise the the voice of the voiceless, the folks who you know we, we talked about the Shawshank Redemption and uh-huh. we talked about aspects of it in glowing terms and you know, neither of us is is that a, is a devotee of that film or is part of the you know the the many who love that movie. And as Ray put it in a message to me, he said, it's one of those movies that if it's on, he has to watch it. Yeah. If he's flipping through the TV, he lands on Shawshank Redemption. That's what he's doing until the end of the Shawshank Redemption. And it's funny that you put it that way, because I was listening to another podcast recently where somebody else mentioned like, if I'm, if you know, it's on, I watch it. And I think, does that really happen that much anymore? You know, with uh, cord cutting and, and, you know. But not everybody. So you and uh, I. I know. I know. Not everybody. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things that's just kind of, you know, it's not as prevalent. You know what I do occasionally 
for fun to to remember the good old days okay. is uh, we do have a Hulu Live subscription, right, yeah. which is basically like flipping through live. T- it is flipping through live TV, but like through Hulu and it's kind of weird, but it's also fun. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretend I'm, right. I'm on the, the, the guide channel. Yeah. I'm on the, the TV guide channel watching oh, man. everything scroll by. Remember watching that channel and like you got to pay, you got to pay attention because oh, you yeah. have to know like when it's about to flip over to like channel two, channel four, you know, or else if you miss it, then you're just like, no. It's like, oh, it's on TBS. I have another five minutes. Yeah. It starts at 8.05. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. TBS or, time. Or, um, I believe WGN in Chicago for our Midwesterners, uh, I believe also did did the same thing, if I'm not really? mistaken. Started at, at five after the Which hour. is such a, I, a smart move. I, it, I, th- it, I thought so. It really is because everybody else is like, oh, I'll I'll check this shit out for five minutes, and then five minutes yeah. in, it's like, oh, I could still catch the beginning of Golden Child <laughs> on TBS. Yeah. So, uh, one other thing that I want to mention that's new for twenty two. I should. Oh yeah. I should make like a Where's sound your... thing out of that. Uh. So new for twenty two. What we're gonna do. So if anybody who's listened in the past has taken a look at our episode descriptions. They have always included what we're going to be covering on the next episode. But we're going to try this out. Instead of doing that, Dan and I are going to pepper in the title of the next movie for the next episode throughout the episode discreetly. And I'm not going to tell everyone that they need to go back, but Dan's already done it with this one. It's already happened. I I was about to say, I was like, and the game may already be afoot. It is not the game because we've already done the game. (laughs) But uh, that's our, that's our last new, uh, new year's baby. (laughs) Michael Douglas uh, movie. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) but you know, and I guess that's the one hint if we've, if we've done it already. Right. Uh, Yeah. That probably, probably rules it out, but never say never. Never say never. No. And never say never. Yeah. So Ruined Childhoods, this is a podcast where we talk about cult and classic movies and I just kind of like celebrate them for a little bit. And then we talk about what we we would do if we uh, had to bring them back as a remake or a sequel or prequel or reboot or whatever. In fact, I, I have to go back and say we, we do actually say never because there have been times where we have said this this movie should never be remade or this should never. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and so, in that case, but you know what, Dan, but in that case, we offer alternatives like revival screenings and things like that. So, oh, so that's yes, that's we, true. We so, always have something. We've always that's got something. True. Yes, we always have some way to to bring it back. Yeah. To bring it back and remind you of how good something like Married to the Mob is. Oh, or, so good. Or perhaps you're more of a fan of of the type of movie we're covering today, Basic Instinct. Basic and Instinct. Uh, as which, if, well as, if you were paying attention during the, uh, the opening, there were... Uh, reviewers did not like this one. The critics did not like Basic Instinct. And, uh, you know, it's... It's interesting because this is one that I think falls into cult classic category because it's it's remembered not so much for it being a great movie but for you know certain aspects about it including the cinematography of the man of the month Jan de Bon. Yes. It is January this it's month. It's January. We are celebrating uh some of the films of uh 
cinematographer, director, producer, Jan DeBont. And, uh, you know, one of the movies that we are not going to be covering this month that you would know as cinematography from is Die Hard. Uh, you know, he's... Or, he's, and, and for, I mean, it arguably his, uh, you know, best, I don't know if it's his biggest moneymaker as a director, but, but probably regarded as his best, uh, Speed, the original. Right. Yes. Director of Speed, which we've covered. Which we've already covered. Yeah. So, uh, hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down, Sparky. It's not Speed. <laughs> All right. Um, but you know, John, it, you know who is a fan? Uh, the the one and only Howard Wiener, our father. Oh, our father is a Basic yeah. Instinct fan. I, I feel like this is one of those where if he's flipping through the channels and there's no golf being played anywhere, uh, and he lands on it, you know, that's what he's watching. I could see him being into certain Michael Douglas movies, right? Yeah, but not but not this one. This one is a, no, because I no no no. I'm processing the information because it's like yeah. okay, uh, you know, it's just kind of like a a very atypical leading man. And in a lot of his movies, he doesn't necessarily come off as being uh, the greatest guy in the world. Um, we've talked about him. Of course, we mentioned the game. We uh, we talked about him in Falling Down. Uh, even in movies like Romancing the Stone, which we've already mm. mentioned on this episode, he's still <laughs> like a little slimy. Uh, I mean, the American president is the only one I can think of that uh, he's like, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. And charming. Yeah. Uh, you're right, though. Michael Douglas is a leading man who's not afraid to come off not to looking To be a so dirtbag. He's such a dirtbag. It's the shades of gray. And like you still you still kind of root for him. Maybe not in like Wall Street. Right. But I feel yeah. like even in something like like Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Uh, which maybe we'll do that. Maybe that'll be next January. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I, if we plan uh, it, it's not going to work out. If you know, no. the thing is though, it's it'll like... be annuary for Ann Archer, and oh. we'll also do Patriot Games. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, I don't. Uh, maybe you know. Maybe never say never. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I think that what's interesting also about Michael Douglas is that I uh, he is he does have this magnetism to him, even though he's. And and maybe in the early '90s and like later '80s, like there was a mystique about him that was attractive to people. Uh, but you know, you look at him now compared to the people who are leading. I, I mean, I don't know if they really make mainstream erotic thrillers so much anymore. But like anybody who would be, no. uh, in a movie like this, uh, hey, you mentioned uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, or you mentioned Shades of Grey before, and Fifty Shades right, of yes. Grey, you know, it's it's not necessarily a thriller, if I remember, but it's uh, it kind of toes the line of at least being that kind of movie that people watch less for the plot and more for like, oh it's my god, what sensation. are they going to do? Yeah, sensationalism. It, yeah, it's, and it, and yeah. you have uh, Jamie Dornan. Yeah, Jamie Dornan. Is it Jamie Dornan or Jamie Dorner? I can't ever remember. Jamie Dornan, Dornan, Dornan. of uh, Barb and Star Go to Vista uh, Del Mar. So amazing in that. He's so good. He wants to be in a, and, uh, what does he call it? Uh, uh, he wants to be in an he, official relationship. Official, right, official. <laughs> uh, Barb and Star is so good. And, uh, oh, and I also um, am looking forward to seeing Berlin with him in it. Um, oh, I like the band? 
he oh, starring I think, with the band no, Dublin, Dublin, yeah. Dublin, Dublin. Oh, du- Dublin. Oh, Dublin. The, the Kenneth Branagh. Film. Yes, yeah. my my brain is like half firing oh, no. right now. Berlin. I, just, I was I, like Berlin. That doesn't sound right. Dublin. Yes, that sounds a thousand percent right. It, it's also not unusual for me to to not be in the loop on some upcoming films, and for you, you've got your finger a little closer, a little more on the pulse. Well, also, it's like right now, it's we're getting into award season and I'm getting oh, yes. all of the movies sent to me. And there's just like a, a stack of uh, emails with digital links and of, uh, and then actual physical stacks of Blu-rays. Um, so oh. yeah, I didn't it, think they were doing any physical anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's uh, it did, I and, picked and, up and, my and... copy of licorice pizza today. I'm very excited. Oh, uh, I mean, oh. I already watched a digital screener of it, but uh, oh. it's, it's wild. I'm looking forward to talking with you about that off mic. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, off mic as well. But um, you're going to see it off did, mic. Did you hap- Did you happen to get a copy of the new Paul Verhoeven film, uh, Benedetto? I Benedetto? do not know. I may have gotten a digital screener for that one. But yeah, Paul Verhoeven, who directed uh, Basic Instinct, uh, a a sometimes collaborator with Yandabant. They've done a few together. I think they're both from the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did get from, uh, I, I got the official pr- uh, pronunciation to make sure that we were accurate. Verhoeven. Gotcha. And, okay. Yep. Yandabant. And, and Paul Verhoeven, I feel like, at least for me, he's known, I mean, speaking of, you know, dirtbag slime balls. Uh, mm. I believe he's known to be one himself, but uh, you know, his movies tend to be very sensational and um, you over. Know, they're very testosterone. Very yeah. testosterone. Starship Troopers. Uh, yeah, Starship you, Troopers is fantastic. Starship Troopers is fantastic. But then you've got like, and then there's RoboCop and Total Recall, also featuring Sharon Stone. Yeah. Yeah, who I, I I mean I knew Sharon Stone from Police Academy Four. Well, Citizens on Patrol, of course, Citizens on Patrol. Yeah, yeah. the lo- Steve Gutenberg's uh, love interest in in that, and then of course Total Recall. Like you know, it's it's oh wow, oh that yeah. oh that's Sharon Stone. Um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting though. You you talk about the uh, all these movies, and I think especially about like Starship Troopers, which is kind of looked at as uh satirical yeah for sure as is robocop like they're these hyper violent yes like uber macho but satires yeah and total recall to an extent is as as well i mean it's absolutely uh, yeah yeah so basic instinct is it's an outlier in in that respect in that it it yeah. has there's a sense of humor, but it's sure. Not... But you know when it comes when it comes to some of the other things that you were mentioning, just in terms of the like machismo and like the toxic masculinity of you know the characters and and kind of getting uh, away from the point of you know what you actually could have something of substance. Instead, you do something more for the sensation of it. And that is something that was pointed out in some of the critiques that were mentioned in the introduction to this episode, uh, you know, because there is a, um, you know, a, a same-sex relationship that's going on, but it's definitely used more as like kind of like a 
a, a moment for shock or like a taboo type of thing. Well, and uh, a few things to to say to that, and actually, yeah. I, I may save some of them for after the synopsis. But sure, uh, uh, Joe, the screenwriter Joe Esterhaus, uh pointed out the same like the same thing, mm. and he said that his script, and I, I got this from a uh, uh, BBC article from uh, earlier this year, uh, uh, June, when the uh, Basic Instinct 4K edition was uh was released and uh you know he's quoted in here he's talking about uh the the tone of the film and he said that most of the like sex scenes were written as like it he he has uh it's like it is dark we can't see clearly uh And that he he said, I wanted those scenes to be about shadows and arty camera angles, not about skin and certainly not about full frontal nudity. And then uh, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, Verhoeven, uh, you know, coming from Dutch cinema Uh is just much more accustomed to that, like graphic nudity and and sex in film it's more common i guess and and this is mm-hmm. in that same article but according to uh dr stevie simkin who uh wrote a book called basic instinct controversies <sighs> so <laughs> um so yeah it sounds like it, it sounds like it, it it had potential to be something a little more noirish and it is referred to as a a neo noir it also and this comes back to the um uh, to the same sex relationship in it it has a lot of the a, a lot of hitchcock about it mm-hmm. and it's something that i i don't think i would have noticed as much had we not done vertigo in 2021 mm. yeah and thinking about you know Hitchcock and the double identities and like you right. have two blonde women who look like each other in this case it, it, you know it's it's Sharon Stone and uh, uh, the actress who plays Roxy her her lover her yeah. girlfriend um, but yeah and there were a lot of I think there there were a lot of um you know LGBTQ advocacy groups that were when like parts of the script leaked out were really against it like they were like uh-huh. demonstrating where on filming locations and yeah I think they were trying uh, to interrupt the filming as much as possible yeah yeah but it, it sounds like when it actually came out they felt that the portrayal wasn't as negative as it as it seemed now i it's 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 30 years later we're coming up on the 30th anniversary of this movie you know society (laughs) many parts of society at least have have evolved right but yeah i mean queer cinema in general has evolved and uh you know there's a much larger presence right now and a lot of uh really important voices who are you know putting out work and i I mean, I think it's already finished filming, but uh, Bros, Billy Eichner's uh, yeah. movie, which features an entirely LGBTQIA plus uh, cast and crew. I know cast. I, I don't know about crew. Po- possibly. But that's huge. And it's not. Did they not shoot on location in our hometown? I, th- According to our mother, they did. <laughs> 
so, she has sources. Yeah. Uh, anyway, should I um, go ahead and do? I have a just a brief synopsis for Basic Instinct, and I'm gonna uh, say this right now. Um, this movie, uh, I don't know if I don't, I don't want to say right now what like how it ends because this is something that you know it does have a lot of twists and turns, and I feel like for anybody who maybe hasn't seen it. Or maybe if you haven't seen it in a while, it might be wise for us to skirt around the, you know, the end results of things. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. Agreed. I think I think. uh, Yeah, I do. uh, I mean, you know, and it's not like this movie is, you know, some, you know, timeless classic. But I do think it's one of those where it's 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 worth watching without knowing you know it's a it's a cultural touch point like this is a movie that you know it's it's referenced as like the like i guess this in fatal attraction but they're referenced as like the like erotic thriller like tent poles yeah yeah i mean and uh, not to mention just the uh you know the the sensation about this about this movie and um oh how much it was parodied We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. All right, guys. Go ahead. So, uh, all right, here we go. Nick Curran is a detective for the SFPD with a hard past. Having lost his wife to suicide, Nick struggled with substance abuse problems and accidentally shot two innocent people. But all he got was a slap on the wrist and mandatory meetings with the precinct psychiatrist, Dr. Beth Garner, with whom Nick develops a secret affair. But things get hairy when Nick is investigating the death of Johnny Boz, a noted rock star, and the prime suspect is famous author Catherine Trammell. Nick is instantly taken with Catherine, and they begin sleeping with one another, causing Nick's judgment to be altered, much like his inhibitions since he begins drinking again. The SFPD is especially torn with their suspicion of Trammell because she outlines the exact circumstances of Boz's death in her most recent novel, which poses the concept of a copycat killer using Trammell's books as a jumping off point for their murders. As time goes on, Nick is torn between his fixation and his suspicion of Catherine, turning his life upside down. But as he follows the trail further and further, Nick discovers that the mystery goes deeper than he could have possibly imagined, having more twists and turns than San Francisco's Lombard Street. And man, what a great city to to film car chases! And I, I think we, I think we've talked about San Francisco rooftop chases. Yeah, and I don't Dirty I, Harry episode I'm, I'm pretty, maybe. What's that? Yeah, Is that dirty, the dirty, dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but man, car chases in San Francisco are are fantastic, especially in movies that are from like the eighties or early nineties. I'd say I, I, 70s I, through early 90s. I'd go back to 60s, man. Bullet. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe but Bullet. I, I wonder if Bullet was like the first. I feel but... like newer movies don't have the same uh, effect because you don't get the cars just like bottoming out as they like slam into the ground. You know, it no. doesn't have the same impact as those like boxy giant cars. No, you know what I, I I was thinking, and you know, as I as I go back and watch movies older, I was even thinking about this. We were watching Empire Strikes Back uh, last weekend, uh, showing it to to uh, my daughter for the first time, and uh, you know, like we were watching the scene on Hoth, the Battle of Hoth, 
and and I I just said I was like, man, if this was if this was like a modern day action, you know, adventure movie, there would have been so many cuts and yeah. fancy tricks going on. While the, while here the camera is just sitting there, we're watching as the Imperial yeah. walkers are making their way, and the rebel fighters, you know, it, it swing in and and like it can go thirty seconds without an ed, without a cut. And I thought that as well during like Basic Instinct, and I mm. I rewatched Bullet recently, yeah. and uh, just yeah. thinking about man, like you see the you you're sitting there, you're watching the action. Yeah, and also I I did want to mention. Another movie that takes place that has like some serious card movement in San Francisco, the game, the game, yeah. yeah. Oh well, Michael Michael Douglas is a big San. Fr- I mean, the streets of San Francisco, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, yes, it is. Uh, yes. It's a good, and it fits the psychology of it because you're talking about between between Michael Douglas who's de- dealing with everything that you described His in, own in the synopsis demons. and Catherine Trammell who we know has some like her parents died when she was young there's, yes there's a story there but uh <laughs> um you know it's like you're dealing with people and there's a lot of kind of like twisted mentality going on and people who are manipulated and manipulating. So San Francisco with like those windy streets and yeah. hills and sharp turn in, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it fits, it fits. And I, I think right. it's also, it's, it's another tip of the hat to Vertigo. Right. Also in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. So also a lot of kind of like, right. Psychology. And yeah. So I'm, terms. you know, just like the more I think about this movie, and I think about what you just said about the screenwriter and like what his intention was with you know certain things, and uh, also thinking about the man of the month, Jan de Bont, I uh, mm. he is somebody who definitely can capture that like Hitchcockian, like very shadowy style. We saw it in Flatliners. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm just like, and thinking... I would say the, the opening scene of of Basic Instinct, which I mean, it's a sex scene, right? At the very beginning, like you know, well, that and that <laughs> one is very. I mean, you certainly see more than I think that would have been described in the script, but like, but it's it is very yeah. shadowy. Like I feel like yes. there's like just bars of light. Yeah. Right, and <sighs> and I wonder if uh, the you know. Paul Verhoeven's uh, influence is maybe just like, nope, we got to see more. And I think that that is something that made Young, this movie- Young, we need more light. And I think that that's something that made this movie stand out and is known for, unfortunately, that it's like really well known for the moment where Sharon Stone is being interrogated and she uncrosses- her legs, uh, which is also fraught with controversy. That's, you know, you can read about that anywhere. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's something that definitely this movie exploits. The marketing is very much all about that scene. Uh, it's been, as you said, parodied time and time again. Uh, the and, and just to kind of go into that a little bit more, uh, 
my personal favorite, of course, is uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. <laughs> I, yes, I was. I was hoping you were going there, featuring my childhood celebrity crush, Kathy Ireland, in the uh, <sighs> yes, and I, where I'm, I'm with you. Oh yeah, where she uncrosses her legs and it's just like a stuffed like beaver doll. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and isn't there also a thing with an ice like she has uses an ice pick to like chisel some ice away or something like that? Oh, or make sure like, yeah, an ice sculpture. Yeah. Like, well, she was. I mean, she. Yeah, I mean, this character was so influential in pop culture that you also had uh, Carl Reiner's parody. Right. Fatal, Fatal Instinct. Instinct, yeah. I've never seen. I but, haven't seen it either. Uh, but yeah, you've got the Loaded Weapon 1. Uh, I'm sure there's, I'm sure SNL and... I'm sure. You also, yeah. I mean, you also end up having two years later uh, a character in The Flintstones who's a kind of seductive secretary uh, who's the character name is Sharon Stone. Oh my God. And the, yeah. I remember hearing they wanted Sharon Stone to play her, but she wouldn't do it. So they got Holly Berry. And... Well, and also she reprises her character in Last Action Hero. Right. She's right. walking out of the uh, the precinct. That's right. Right yeah. by uh, Robert Patrick. The, Robert Patrick. Yeah. yeah the T-1000. The, the T-1000. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, she reprised it again in Basic Instinct 2. Risk addiction. Oh, it's risk addiction. Okay, so Dan, <laughs> the I best have... is when they say, "Did you watch it?" <laughs> no, I didn't watch it. So, <laughs> do you want to just give like a little, little mini synopsis? I don't know if you wrote anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can, I can tell you what what it's about. Now, first of all, it, it came out in two thousand six, and like to be fair, and I want to like be fair about a lot of things because I know like there were a lot of critiques about like Sharon Stone doing this at that age or whatever. Uh -huh. She was the same age making basic instinct two that Michael, in that Michael Douglas was uh -huh. making basic instinct one. Uh, uh, double standards. Yeah, I'm, I am. I'm pretty, I pretty, I have to double check that. I'm pretty sure I, I wrote that down somewhere, but uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, and you know what? Good, good for her. Um, yeah. But so she goes anyway, like took a long time to, to get it, to get it made. Uh, so, all right. The whole thing kicks off because she's in a car accident with, uh, she's driving this really fast sports car, like in, uh, in London. Oh yeah. The whole thing takes place okay. in London. Oh, weird. and, uh, and she's she's now like a much more accomplished author, fame you know famous author, but still the whole same thing about like, huh, this is how it happens in your book. And she, uh, she's in the car with this famous football player who is stimulating her manually as she drives. If, gotcha. Uh, I if you catch my drift. Anyway, um, of course. Uh, as things progress, uh, the car gets faster, she's driving, and then exactly at the point of orgasm, she drives right off a bridge and crashes into, like, the, the, the Thames River. Okay. And she, uh she can't save like he's stuck in his seatbelt he can't get out of the car she gets out and he, he she doesn't 
doesn't rescue him. But now, so she's, she's, you know, a, she's a suspect. She, she testifies like right away. It, it doesn't okay. take very long. Um, and so she's also, so she's got the attention of a Scotland Yarn detective, uh, played by, uh, Rune Childhood's favorite David Thewlis. Oh, uh, David Thewlis. David Thewlis. Yes. Uh, so he plays this, uh, detective superintendent, Roy, Roy Washburn, uh, who uh, and he has her see uh, a therapist a therapist to evaluate her before her testimony and she sees okay. this therapist of course who's like this sexy british guy he's played by mike michael more michael morrissey uh okay uh david morrissey david morrissey okay um so he plays this 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 psychiatrist who's like he's 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 also up and coming <laughs> as she was in the first scene. Oh, uh, she says it like 50 times. I know I deserved it. Yeah. But like the amount of times and it's the dialogue in this movie is fucking terrible. And also just like the imagery of like how she orgasms. And next thing you know, like every, it's just the, all like as she's orgasming and the car is flooding with water. And uh. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um <laughs> so uh anyway, the the guy evaluates her and oh my god, she does she tries to smoke in his office and by the way oh. as we learn in the original, she will smoke where she wants when oh, she yeah. wants. Uh and man, he gets pissed. He yells her he's like, "Put the fucking cigarette out or I'll throw you out." Oh my and, goodness. Uh a and so, yeah, she finally d- does. But uh, uh, she decides to kind of start seeing him as a therapist. And, of course, the whole deal is is to seduce him. And there's this whole thing with his she loves ex-wife. seducing. It's her favorite. Oh, that's her thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, the writing is just to pay the bills. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they go through. There's all the of course, there's twists and turns, but they're. Aren't Not, there always? Yeah, but it's so trite in this. Um, okay. Like, what... I'm trying... Like, the way that it ends up going it, down... Do they reference the original, like, the... They do. Okay, that's they what do. I'm curious about. By the way, she pronounces Michael Douglas's name as Nick Coran. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh... <laughs> And I watched it before rewatching the original, which is probably why I felt I I, I enjoyed the original so much. Uh-huh. Um, oh, there's this creepy like old psychiatrist who's like this Doctor Ghost, and he's mm. like he should have been played by Udo Kier, but okay. Udo Kier probably turned it down. <laughs> which I think a lot of people turn this one down. Oh, a lot of people. You know, I mean, there were so many people who were supposed to. Jan Devant was going to direct it. He was. Oh, at, really? At, at, at a, yeah, but you know how many people had been attached? Oh, John McTiernan was going to direct it. Speaking of hmm. Jan Devant collaborators, yeah. but he wanted to cast Benjamin Bratt in the lead role, and Sharon huh. Stone refused because she said he couldn't act. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it, like, there's so much shit behind the making of of Basic, Basic Instinct Two. Huh. It's one of those like where the it's almost like the the movie about that would be better. Uh, yeah. Oh, so anyway, it ends. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna give away the plot okay. twist at the end of this. I you're not. This is Skinamax. Like, if Basic Instinct is maybe like a, an erotic thriller, um, 
you know, bordering on adult, adult, thr- you know, an adult thriller. Uh-huh. This is just straight up like Skinamax, Showtime, After Dark. There's no new, I, I can't believe it, but watching the original Basic Instinct after watching this, I was like, my God, Sharon Stone's character and her performance have so much nuance to them. Yeah. And like, there's moments where she has genuine emotion in the original. And this one, it's just every line she says the same way. Yeah. Yeah. No. And yes, I think, well, he seemed to be enjoying himself when I came. And right. yeah, well, I didn't think I was going to come, but that, and how many, every line is about yeah. that. So, and I want to talk a little bit about Sharon Stone's career. We touched upon it a little bit briefly that this is really the, you know, there were a couple of like bigger ones and bigger ones, but this is the one where she was like, this is her, you know, break breakthrough performance that kind of just puts her launches her into oh, superstardom. Huge. And I think that uh from here you and I know there were plenty in between but Casino is the the next one where she just completely knocks it out of the park. Oscar nomination. Oscar nomination. And then it and then it just kind of like Peter's out more and more. She's in like the muse. She's in Jiminy Glick and Lala Wood. (laughs) As herself. You know, she did that drama, The Last Dance, where she was like, she was a prisoner on death row. She's been in perfect makeup. She's in Sphere. Uh, She's in Sphere. Yeah. Yeah. but, But it's just like, like, it's just all Peter's out. And it's like, I think that if I had to venture a guess, Basic Instinct 2 would have been like her attempt to like showcase herself once again, but like losing sight of what got her there in the first place. Yeah, it it doesn't have the the. It just doesn't have the quality, the quality of the the original. I mean, I kind of got lost in the synopsis because if you're talking about all this, there's his ex, there's the doctor's ex-wife and then there's his current girlfriend and then there's Catherine and well, uh, yeah, oh, and she's and yeah, and she's and she goes to like this just like omnisexual like sex club where it's just like you just go from room to room and jump into whatever fuck pile you find in there. And like he watches her from the top. And then she, and then, of course, at the end, the whole you know twist is like, oh, he's the one who did it. He murdered everyone. And they they uh. go back and they show and they show you it's like, nah, he broke into the rock star's apartment and strangled him. And he set her up and he had all There's of another books. rock star in this one. I be- I think so. I don't know. I might be twisting them all up. Uh, yeah. So I I don't know. I think that um, what it, what's really fascinating is like the, the Sharon Stone really made her name from like just a couple of movies, and then it's it's they they were just so huge for her. I feel like Basic Instinct was even bigger for her than casino just in terms of like her profile i mean in terms of notoriety absolutely her performance in casino is the you know the the better of the two but just what she did oh what she did for this movie i don't know who else really could have done it the way that she did it and she really was douglas is this mike like she carries the movie this is her movie and I, I mean, it might have been like pitched as a. Uh, well, as Michael, a Michael Douglas, Douglas didn't movie. want her in it. He wanted somebody like Julia Roberts, and 
that that it would have never it would have never worked with Julia Roberts. Like no. there's, uh, I think that no. um, actually, I think that Michelle Pfeiffer was uh, considered for it. Uh, you know, and and I'm sure that she would have been fantastic. You know, we love Michelle Pfeiffer, but oh, yeah. there's just something about no. Sharon Stone where she just like commands this. You know, every single frame that she's in. And her performance in in the in Basic Instinct, the original, mm-hmm. is yeah, like you said, she she commands the frame. She commands every scene she's in. Yeah, she's the she's the centerpiece, and she's also a character who seems in control. And, and right, in con- not seems in control. She is in. Control. She is in control. And what she does to the other detectives, getting their heads to just like spin out of control about like like. Why can't we figure this out? What is the missing piece? Like, uh, you know, Wayne Knight is one of them who's so fantastic. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. And I, they're just like that whole crew is, um, you know, the way that they just like lose their grip when like she's around or like when she comes up because they just, they, she baffles them so much. And, you know, with, with Nick, with, you know, Michael Douglas's character who has this like confidence that's just like, you know, he of course is being twisted by oh. everything that she's doing <laughs> also. But, and I don't know if it comes from like his past and his addiction, but like he kind of just like breaks through all of the bullshit that everyone else can. And maybe by actually getting into a relationship with her, and having the fuck of the century or whatever it was. Oh, my like, God. That is certainly the way to, uh, you know, be a little bit more immune to her, I don't know, her feminine wiles. Right. Well, I mean, no, he totally. I mean, what about when he goes clubbing? Is that not the Oh, the God. Funniest? It's so cringy. And his, like, sweater. It's... No, he's got like a T-shirt. It's like tucked in. He's got like a Tommy th- Bahama T-shirt. I thought that right? it was like a like a like a sweater T-shirt. Like there's something about it that was off. I just saw a still <laughs> from it, and I was like, oh my god, it's like tucked into khakis or yeah. something. And, you know, it's God, uh, yeah. early nineties. No. And uh, yeah, you know what? I I Michael Douglas. I I I love the. Um, I love the interrogation scene where Ugh. he's interrogated and he basically it's almost like he takes on her personality the closer he gets to her. Yeah. He and he even starts talking like, "All right, so first you've got his interrogation, which again, I don't want to if if someone listening hasn't seen it, part of the fun of this is watching it unfold, but he does a lot of the stuff she does in her the smoking bit, yeah, the smoking, yeah. Like yeah, I mean everything short of like you know, flashing the 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 other the cops. Yeah, uh, but it's got his like Wang hanging out. Oh yeah, just, just like, like can you put that away? Saggy old Michael Douglas. <laughs> balls. I lost my temper. Do you have any evidence that he showed your psychiatric file to anyone? No. I'll speak with you afterwards, Dr. Garner. I'd like to sit in if you don't mind. I'd really rather wait until well, I don't see anything wrong with Dr. Garner sitting in if Detective Curran doesn't object. Where were you last night? Home watching TV. All night? Yes, all night. Were you drinking? 
Yeah, I was drinking. When you start drinking again? A couple days ago. I saw Detective Curran at his apartment about 10 o'clock last night. He was sober and lucid. I asked him in my capacity as his departmental therapist about his altercation with Lieutenant Nelson. He expressed regret and displayed no hostility. How long were you at his apartment? About 15 minutes. I saw there was no reason for my concern and left. There's no smoking in this building, Detective. What are you going to do, charge me with smoking? Oh, for Christ. All right, Nick, I'm going to ask you this just once. For the record, did you kill Marty Nilsson? No. Come on, I'm going to storm into his office in front of everybody in the middle of the day and kill him that night? I'm not that dumb. Going after him before gets you off the hook for killing him. That's your alibi. Like writing a book about killing a guy gets you off the hook for killing him. Good point. I don't understand. What are you talking about? What book? Private joke, asshole. I don't think it's funny. You're going on leave, Curran. Pending the outcome of a psychiatric evaluation. So there's that scene. So there's and that scene. So there's that scene. And the uh the scene when he he can when he and Roxy in in the bathroom after right. he he has sex with Catherine. And they he ha- they have that confrontation. All of a sudden, he's like he's really like using that kind of like yeah no the fuck of the century and yeah because because Roxy was like watching them and it's always very unclear about like what exactly the situation with Roxy is. Uh, it's complicated. <laughs> uh, you know she's certainly a suspect. If you don't leave her alone, I'll kill you. Let me ask you something, Rocky. Man to man. I think she's the fuck of the century. What do you think? How long you been here? You like watching, don't you? She likes me to watch. And, and you know, we haven't talked about Gene Triplehorn yet. No. Who plays uh, Dr. Beth Garner, the psychiatrist who um, Nick is also having an affair with. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah they're, they're it's seeing an each unethi- other. I mean, it's an unethical situation. Well, yeah, it is an un- That's yeah. true. That's true. We can call it an affair. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I, you know, it's it's certainly a taboo situation. And yeah. he and he, you know, treats her like garbage. He's just like this piece of shit trash bag. Oh God, he's terrible. And uh, yeah, and and I think that Jean Triplehorn, I, she's really fantastic in this role. I I think that she's great. I feel like she's always kind of underutilized, but in this movie, she's just kind of right where she should be. Right. Yeah. Uh, much. I mean, I I guess the the only other really movie I think about her with is, is the firm. Yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. another like really like, you know, featured Gene Triplehorn performance. And I think I what I like about her in this is, you know, I think you kind of start thinking start out thinking of her as not quite girl next door, but compared hey, yeah. to Catherine. Well she's the, like, I'm a girl that, next door compared to Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, you know, she, Beth is 
like like you want her you want him to end up with her you don't want him to to sleep. Or, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want think... him to end up with her. I feel like she deserves better. <laughs> you know, it's like she does not need to be mixed up with a guy like him. He's a loner, a rebel. Right. You know, he's yeah. got demons. Yeah. He has got to be going to therapy and actually getting therapy instead yeah, of well, just he sleeping with to... a therapist. Well, he needs, he needs to see to... a male therapist. Right. Some like super old talking about like saggy balls guy. Like he needs, that's who he needs to be going to see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but the, uh, so anyway, I wanted to bring it back to the, the Hitchcock comparison. Yes. Because uh, you've got this you've got this really great scene where they're walking on the beach. And uh, with that scene. I felt like that could have been Cary Grant and Grace Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to picture Cary Grant and Grace Kelly in. Right. And in most of the other scenes with Catherine yeah. and uh oh Nick. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh you know, and also just talking about Hitchcock and especially with with Vertigo, you know, you have Jimmy Stewart's character who is not a good dude. He's got his own things going yeah. on. He's yeah. troubled uh and you know, he treats this woman, I can't remember her name, but like, you know, Kim Novak's character whatever. Yeah the version 2.0 uh you know he treats her like garbage and uh, i feel like you know especially jimmy stewart you don't really think of him that way but like in this movie he is very much that way and that's exactly what michael douglas is doing you know the women that he's with he treats like crap except uh sharon stone's character to a certain extent because he uh like she still keeps him at an arm's length and he has it no makes power him crazy. Exactly. Yes. And he, has, he, she's holding all the cards, baby. Yeah. It, it's, it's fascinating. And you know, it, I think that there's a lot to be said. Yes. A lot of the critics didn't care for this movie, um, for a bunch of different reasons, but there's a reason why we're talking about it today. There's a reason why this has kind of become a classic and it's, it's, it's the performances. I think that it's Jan de Bont's cinematography. It's striking. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. He, the 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 move camera movement when it happens and the angles, the the like the lighting uh, in a lot of the scenes like there's oh man, there's so oh, but I'm sorry. I also just saw this in in my notes speaking of of Gene Triplehorn and Beth. Um they do a. They have a walk and talk in this. It is a oh. Sorkin-y walk and talk. I uh, think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's a fantastic walk and talk. And again, we have another example of how tension can build when you aren't cutting away. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, and you watch people's expressions and you watch things build. What is your problem? I'm trying to help you. Why won't you let me help you? I don't want your help, all right? I don't need your help. Yes, you do. Something's going on. You're sleeping with her, aren't you? What's this interest you've got in her? My interest is in you, not her. She seduces people. She manipulates people. She'll do anything she can. I thought you hardly knew her. I know the type. I'm a psychologist. That means you manipulate people too, Beth. You're a practicing psychologist. You're better at it than she is. I feel sick for you, Nick. And and there's so and there's all oh there's the whole subplot with the woman who had killed her Hazel 
right who, the older woman who by the way i wrote in my notes because i watched i watched this um uh let's see last last week of december um i did write that that in a remake betty white would have played uh, hazel and betty white has of course, the passed. ultimate pour or, one out i i wish i was drinking a vodka right now because anyone who's followed social media has has read how much uh how betty white liked her vodka so uh, i wish i had a cheesecake in a glass i could pour out uh cheese yeah absolutely so pour one out for Betty white but yeah there's just one you know what there's i there's one line and i'm debating whether or not we should we should even like is this getting into spoiler territory ah it might it might be so i don't know about playing spoiler alert well all right, so I'm going to go as far as to say that Beth and Beth has met Catherine. Right. By by the end of this movie, Beth has met Catherine and she's got this wonderful line and for this alone uh, Jean Triplehorn, I thank you, where she shouts out, "She's evil! She's brilliant!" <laughs> <laughs> So I I love some of the and some of that dialogue is what makes this like you said it's more cult cult classic-y and yeah. uh it is. It does have some great cult classic-y dialogue. It also has some awesome uh the the score is fantastic. The score I mean, is great, yeah. If you want to You would have right, heard that during the uh as I read the synopsis, I I usually I put the score underneath that. But to to explain how great it is. All you need to do is watch the like the last scene of the movie. Yeah. And I I can talk about it without spoiling it at all. The last scene of the movie creates tension and it has nothing to do with anything the actors are doing. If you took out yeah. the music, the scene would not be tense, but the music and also everything that you've just experienced for the previous 2 mm-hmm. hours it that tension is right there and that's how the movie ends and yeah. that's that, that's why i i do i do i think this is a good movie and i think it's it's worth people you know checking out you know maybe you know for fun like i i don't know that i'd plan an evening with friends around it but yeah. uh you know just kind of something fun to to put on especially if you're nostalgic for those early 90s movies as as i am yeah, so all right, Dan. I ah, moment of truth. Moment of truth. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go. F- I'm gonna go first this time. And go for it. I'm gonna. I don't think that anything that I'm going to say spoils anything, except for the fact that, like, I don't know. Um, Nick is alive. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, I would have a sequel, and. Yeah, we can call it Basic Instinct 2 because we can just scrub the original Basic Instinct 2 from the Would record. you just write it like T-O-O? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't. And it will. And this will make sense Bas- to you. Oh, wait. Instead of the T at the end of Basic Instinct, just make it a 2. Basic Instinct 2. Uh, so what I would do is I would have, you know, present day, we have Nick in... A, you know, I guess some sort of 
psychiatric institution. And who do we see treating him but Dr. Beth Garner? And for anybody who knows how Basic Instinct ends, you might be wondering what the deal is here. Give me a second. Turns out that the events of almost the entire Basic Instinct movie were a psychiatric delusion that he was having because of a relapse into substance abuse. You're just nodding your head and looking at me. I, you know, I feel like that's the best way to... I'm, wait, I, I'm waiting for the twist. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's going to be twists the entire way. And I don't know, like you, you have Catherine, like maybe he finally is able to uh, like reconnect. Does she even exist then? Does Catherine even exist? Well, I think that it could, it, the, the delusions can, could start maybe after he takes like that, he gets that first drink, which maybe that's, is that the night of that weird like dance club scene? But there's like, he, he gets, he has a first drink. And I think that everything from that point on, and maybe it's revealed that like, he wasn't actually sleeping with Beth Garner. Like none of that stuff actually happened. And so she's just been his uh, psychiatrist yes. for 30 years? For 30 years. Yeah. I don't And they've just look, kind of built up this like driving Miss Daisy like friendship. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Beth, you're my only friend. Or you're yeah, my well, best friends. You know, he. Uh, he went through this traumatic experience with his his wife, and uh, I think that maybe there's something to be said about the impact of the trauma uh, combined with his substance abuse. And by relapsing, it triggers this kind of like uh, this delusion that's happening this entire time. You know, and and you don't ever see, I don't think you ever see like pictures of his wife. What if you finally saw like pictures of his wife and it was like Sharon Stone? Sharon Stone, yeah. So that like that, so just to kind of back up the delusion. And then also that plot would allow you to just say, well, the basic instinct too was also just a figment. That was, that was rock bottom for him. That was just his <laughs> delusion. He wasn't even involved. <laughs> you know, I... Uh... I don't know if anybody would really care. <laughs> no, no one because <laughs> absolutely this, no one's making this no. movie. <laughs> no, first of all, no one's making this movie. Secondly, yeah. no one saw or liked Basic Instinct two so much. We're not ruining childhoods here. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. So anyway, but I was thinking, it's like, how do you, uh, you know, recapture the uh, the wonder in this in the sensation of a, of a movie like Basic Instinct? Because it does have you guessing with its twists the entire time, like, what is happening right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, that person had, was not responsible for this. Okay, so that goes, that theory, like, it's it's not just a, uh, you know, a sensational, you know, you watch it for the, the, the boobs and butts kind of a situation. You know, it's actually also got some substance to it. No, I, I aside from the substances that Nick abuses. Yes. Uh, so, but I no, I really, I, no, I really like your idea. Uh, it's a real mind it, twister, you know. 
<laughs> it, it it is, but it totally fits with the, like it feels like it it feels like a logical progression from right. Basic Instinct, which so, is crazy. So, and, and then this is where, in, and this is what I'm, and this is what I'm also thinking is like, you know, maybe there is a reconnection with Catherine, and then when no one's looking, Catherine slips out of the like. Oh, I'm just an author. Like we met one time 30 years ago, but then she goes just like you know that blah 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 blah. Like and you I mean, start yeah, to wonder like what is real? What is actually happening right now? Maybe you go maybe there's like a a library like a Shawshank style library at in the uh you know the institute where he where he's where he is and uh the Catherine Tremell books are all there. <laughs> yeah. I, d- I don't know why they would let um you know severe psychiatric patients read those but he has a uh, a poster in his room of Catherine yeah. Chamel but it's one of those read posters in children's libraries <laughs> 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 Oh can we make that? We got to make one of those a oh. Catherine Chamel read poster. Oh how do we make that? Okay. Oh yes. Yes. Yes, I'm all about it. Okay. I would totally hang that up in my classroom. That's oh, that's good. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> would, moving on. I would hate on. having to explain that. Well, kids, there's this movie, Basic Instinct. Nope, we're not. You're not watching allowed to it. see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. So, Dan, uh, what would you, what would you want to do? What would I? And you know what? I was not. I was just about their age when I saw it. I did not see it in the theater, but it was definitely. I saw it on VHS. I did not watch it with dad. Uh, um, so what would I do? Well, I think there's an interesting backstory with Catherine uh-huh. and, uh, you know, and I think that there's a story to be told there. We were given a little by, um, you know, they like kind of read her, her profile. They're like, oh, her parents died. Uh, I think there were like mysterious circumstances with that and, uh, you know, true to form, uh, there'd be a twist. It wouldn't be her, but right. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so there's there's that. Uh, like I feel like you could do that and have like Catherine, kind of like the molding of Catherine, and maybe more of a survival story. Hmm. Like just to kind of think about, okay, if you start with her here in this movie where she's I don't know what like like thirty and you kind of work backwards and you say like, okay, wh- how does she learn to be this way? How, right, right. What does she do? And you could have her, you know, you, you could, you could, you know, set it late seventies, early eighties and, uh, or, or even before that and show Catherine, you know, kind of like show what she's gone through and how she's had to, develop her personality and yeah uh, you know like it it could be i think unfortunately it would i don't know how like you know noiry twisty you'd be able to to make that but i don't know i i guess wondering right now like who is today's early 90s sharon stone or or i guess it would also yeah i guess this would be uh even before then this would be yeah, you know, it, twenty it, year it old be, maybe. Yeah, you know, it would be. Um, oh, shoot! What's her name? I can't think of her name right now. But something that she's been in. Uh, uh, let me in. Um, I don't know that one. 
Oh, Chloe Chloe Grace Moretz is that? Oh yeah, she'd be she'd be good. Yeah, I think that's who I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah, actually, she's probably close to thirty now. I mean, it's weird because I actually really like think of her as being like twelve. Right. Right. Um, Right. So I don't. But it was a long time ago that she was twelve. Right. Yeah. 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 And she's probably um, twenty five. Somewhere around there. She was born in, let's see, 1997. Okay. So, February 10th, she's got a birthday coming up. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so that would would make her, what, 2025 this year? Yes, something like that, yeah. Okay, all right, so as a, so, yeah, so actually, I think she would actually be older than what I'm, like, I'm thinking, because I'm not thinking, like, this should be an erotic thriller. I think this should (laughs) be maybe a psychological thriller about a a young woman who is you know i don't know i haven't theorized about what her experience <laughs> yeah. might be but you know loss of of her parents for yeah. whatever reason of course and maybe what she experiences after that mm-hmm. maybe she has to go into like the foster system I mean, it's turning out a lot more dramatic than it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, no, but I'm sure that in the right hands, it would it would develop into something a little bit more, no. I don't know, uh, twisty. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, if I, look, I mean, we don't usually, we don't do this, but like if, if I had to pick between ours, I would go, yours sounds much more interesting. <laughs> plus, plus, you know what? We're bringing back Gene Triplehorn. So I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, really just like messes with everyone's minds. What do I know is real? You know? Yeah. Well, truth gets twisted. Lies are told. Webs are spun of deceit and intrigue. Yeah. Well, Dan. Yeah. Do we want to tell people what we're doing on the next episode? Do we? I think we do. Have we not told them enough? I think that I think it's time to reveal. If you haven't figured it, we've said we've we've well, danced around it a bunch of times. We yeah, the one dance we have not done though is the twist, as in Twister. Yes, Jan Jan de Bont's uh, nineteen ninety six directorial achievement. Um, uh, starring the late great Bill Paxton, yeah, Helen Hunt, uh, the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman, I know as well, and Carrie Owes. I, you know, among I'm others, excited. Alan I Ruck. Have... Holy shit! Isn't Alan Ruck in Twister? I don't know, but I oh. hope so. Wow. Oh, I hope I'm right about that, folks. I don't. This was not uh, pre-thought at all, but. You know we're fans of the Ruckster. Yeah, Alan uh, Ruck, sure enough. Yes. Uh, yeah. Who's also I, in Speed. Who's so also Alan in Speed. Ruck, he's a Jan de Bont player. He is a Jan de Bont player, everybody. Uh, oh, why is tele- he From television succession. Uh, yeah. Absolutely killing it as Connor Roy. And uh, wow, I am happy to be living in the Ruckessance. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I love to revisit some Ruck classics. Well, uh, we're going to get rucked up and watch Twister, and uh, we'll talk about it on the next episode. Yeah, now check out uh, our 
episode description, you can find the link to our link tree there that has all of our social media. You can email us, ruinchildhoodspot at gmail.com. Check out our store that's on the link tree on uh, tpublic.com. And I'm going to try to find a way to make... the Catherine I, I, Trammell Reed poster. I, I think, yeah, I don't think that there's a way to do posters on there, but I, I don't know because that's that's tricky. I don't know if we could sell something with her likeness. No, I don't think we could do that. We would get but, sued six ways to Sunday. Yeah, I don't, we but wouldn't I, get to the point where we would. Get but Dan, oh uh, man, I wish that your birthday was sooner. I guess I'll find some sort of gift giving opportunity to I, make you a Catherine Trammell. Read poster. <laughs> and, oh. uh, and whenever I do that, I'll put it up on our social media too. Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. Can't if you, wait. if you grew up in the eighties or nineties, you certainly saw these posters in your elementary school classrooms and the libraries of, uh, musicians, celebrities, uh, telling people why it's great to read. Yeah, I think Yoda did one. Of course, Yoda did. You one. know, yeah, Yoda did. The R. Ninja R. Turtles did one. did one. I think. Oh, I'm I'm sure they did. I mean, like wrestlers did the. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it was, was like Degeneration X. Honestly, great PSA campaign. Honestly, oh. bravo! The Reed posters, class act. Class yeah. Act. Ooh, man, I want to start collecting those now. Anyway, uh, well, all right. Dan, as you drive down the twists and turns of Lombard Street, I wish you a good journey. Good journey. Sharon, Sharon Stone, Sharon, 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 Sharon, Sharon Stone. Pull up with the windows tinted. Tell the driver, hold up, I'ma need a minute. Roll up every day, yeah, you know I get it. Glow up every day, that's how I'm feeling. Uh, all these bitches checking on my timeline. You a side chick, bitch, stay on the sideline. They all wanna dick ride when you in the limelight. I write my own rules, I don't follow guidelines. Yeah, you know I stay stoned, get stoned all day. But I still get money, get money, and still get I'm off white. I saw my wrist. Give a bitch frostbite. Yeah, we smoking up, smoking up all night. I ain't popping pills. Nah, no, I'm alright. Placing bets in the casino. Sipping Pino in the rainbow mosquito. Keep a genie, no. You talking shit? It's okay. I'm with my team, yo. Come and find me like Nemo. Yeah, you know I stay stoned, get stoned all day. But I still get money, get money, I still get Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, miss. Can't smoke up in here. Oh, whoa. Oh, now, wait a minute now. Let me hit the shit before you say that. She got a gold blunt. I never seen that shit. Damn.
Can I hit that, Detective Noble? Yeah, I'm gonna hit it. Um, Detective Rappaport, you wanna hit it with no, me? No, 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 I can't do it, Detective Noble. Why not? I can't do it, I got a bronchial situation. I don't like to do it when we're on the job. Oh, shit, that's why you need to hit this. No, no, no I'm all right, it's on you. You got it, Funk Doc. Miss Coast, or do we call you Miss West Coast? Or, or do we call you Chanel? Huh? What's your name? Give us a name. What do we even call you? You know what? Let's call her Lemon Tits. Or maybe we call her, uh... Lemon Tits. No, 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 I got it. We call her Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone? Are you high? <laughs> what the fuck is so funny all the time? Why the fuck are you always laughing? We understand that you have a very distinctive laugh. Very distinctive laugh. We heard back in the day you was part of the LOL cartel. Oh, yeah. The LOL cartel. The LOL cartel. Yeah. Which brings us to these series of questions while we may think you are guilty. I, I don't really know you, so why you think you know me? You don't know shit. You just posted, why you posting on my dope shit? You just hoping that a bitch gon' quit, nah. Pull off in the Chiron. Life is good, I ain't worried about your peons. Hating dudes ain't got the guts to be wrong. Follow my dreams, they still dream on. Yeah, I'm gonna stay stoked, stoned all day. But I still get money, get money, I still get paid. Sharon, Sharon Stone, Sharon, Sharon, Sharon Stone, Sharon.